Welcome to the Ether. Today is Wednesday, February 22nd, 2023. Today on the Ether, the Space Skellies, Bare Bones of Web 3, Midweek Special, featuring Crypto Stash. Let's take a listen. Welcome, welcome. How is everyone doing this lovely day wherever you are on this beautiful earth? I hope you're doing well. This is Bare Bones Midweek Special, sponsored by Space Skellies. We hold these specials monthly. Co-hosting is Saberstein and EJ. And I'm B-Bands, your host today. Our guest is Crypto Stash. I'd like to introduce Crypto Stash to you. He is an OG champion, curating games and creating some of the best gaming content since 2017 maybe earlier. I'll find out real soon. You probably have seen him on BitBoy visiting as a panelist, giving his take on what is going on on the NFT and crypto markets. And so we have him here. He has a following of 92,000 on his YouTube channel where he live demos Web3 games, but the listeners can be involved as well. They play a card game, from his NFT game, which triggers an action by Stash. In a recent episode featuring the Old Door game, a card uh, a card got called and burned, and he changed into a Thrasher outfit, and then another card was played, and he had to tell a truth about himself, like how he doesn't use beard wax for his sweet Stash, but pomade. So it was so fantastic to listen and fun and very interactive. So we have him on the show. I'm so excited to speak with you. How are you doing, Stash? I'm doing great. You know, uh, we're, we're here in the middle of the week. I'm, uh, I'm actually taking a short week, so I'm feeling good about that. I just got to get past today and Thursday and then bam, four day weekend for stash. Uh, but other than that, like, uh, I think that it's, it's been a great start to the year and I hope everyone is doing uh, amazing and, and really um, enjoying what we're seeing right now in the markets and what we're seeing right now in the, in the gaming industry too. So um, aside from a YouTube thing, you have your character secret agent stash. And um, you also have your Discord um, and a weekly show. So can you tell us, just um, kind of give us a little bit about your company, your project, and a little bit about your aim or goal as um, a content creation and what you hope to accomplish? Yeah, yeah, I'll break it all down. So, you know, I've been, like I said, doing content for a long time now, and I've been a lifelong gamer. And I started talking about NFTs and gaming in, in the beginning, I was really there was really not that many people talking about NFTs when they first came out, uh, really kind of hit the scene in 2017. And, you know, when that happened, I really shifted my focus and my content that direction. And then in early 2018, when there were some gaming applications finally coming to blockchain and started to use NFTs, uh, I mean, I knew that this was going to be a huge, huge driver of this of that industry. And it, it felt to me the same way that it did when I found Bitcoin in 2013. And I read the Satoshi white paper. It was like mind blown. Like, and I, I was like, oh my gosh, I got to get in on this. This is amazing. This is going to change everything in the entire world. You know, I've always been a tech guy, 
And then I felt the same way about NFTs. I was like, this is the other part. This is the other part. You know, we have fungible tokens with Bitcoin and then we have non-fungible tokens. And, and it was the counterpoint. And I knew that everything that was creative, everything that was entertainment based, everything that was unique was eventually going to be using that technology. And so that's why I said I started really talking about NFTs super early. And, you know, you mentioned me being on, on BitBoy's show. You know, we, we've been friends and, and, you know, worked together since 2017. And I was trying to tell him and, and all the rest of our crew about NFTs for years and nobody cared. Like nobody, like nobody listened to me for like years. They're like, nah, Stash, nah, that's just, it's stupid. They're just, they're just pictures. And it's amazing how now everybody has, has uh, finally changed suit. But, uh, but what, what I do in general really is, you know, I, I don't really consider myself a company, but really just a glorified community manager. Uh, I, you know, we, I, I have fun with our community. We, you know, really do things to try and keep people engaged and just have fun gaming together. And that's really the, the main goal for what I do, you know, creating videos that have uh, both informational and entertainment value. So you come in, you're going to have a good time listening or watching and maybe you learn a little bit, you know, uh, but always having fun. And that's the, the number one goal is just to have a good time with the community. And that kind of goes hand in hand with some of the, the projects and things we do. Uh, you know, with, uh, you know, our, our community, which is called the the GIA or Gaming Intelligence Agency. And so we have all of our agents that, you know, always join us in Discord, you know, talking about gaming and NFTs, you know, 24-7. But also coming out with us on missions when we try and play some of the latest games or we get closed access to, you know, some of the games that are being developed right now that have NFT and Web3 technology incorporated into them. But, uh, you know, I, I do like to keep it interactive. You know, and, and that's where we were talking earlier about the NFT card game that I created a year ago that is essentially it's a live stream interactive NFT game. So you have these NFTs, you can play them during my special show, Top Secret Thursdays. And, you know, you play these cards, you burn them, you're essentially burning the NFT and then it gets me to do certain actions while we're live playing the game. And like you called a couple of one like, you know, I, I, maybe I'm changing the disguise, right, uh, into a different disguise, or maybe I'm playing blindfold, or you get me to do things like tell a truth or drop rewards in chat. Um, and there's a bunch of different cards. We have uh, a whole set of those things, and it, it can get kind of crazy. You know, I have like 21 different disguises that were in this initial NFT game set. So we, you never know what someone's going to throw down. And, you know, we're always getting in, in a disguise anyways to go on these top secret missions. But, uh, you know, there's definitely been times where people have, you know, got me to to get in some of the, some of the crazier disguises or some of the legendary disguises like we did here on my 100th mission uh, about a month ago where someone finally played the Princess Stash NFT and I had to get in a, in a princess in a princess costume, a princess disguise. Oh, so. you must have looked so cute. I, I, hope, looked, I did. Did you tweet, did. It? Did you tweet so it out? Yeah, I did. Oh yeah, yeah. I, I put the, I put some. So you can you can find me. It was it's a little while back. It was in uh, the end of January, I believe, about a month ago. But um, I look good in a as a blonde, like even with the mustache, it's amazing. You guys should go back and, and look at my Twitter and find that because it was. I seen some blondes with mustaches, looking fit. So I can see it yeah. Yeah. definitely. So that's a little bit about me and my background, like what we're doing right now. You know, like I said, with the GIA and our community and, and and really kind of pushing that that element this this year so as a community we're doing some pretty big things um non-extractive things you know I, I see a lot of communities out there that are really great but you know a lot of times it's it's really just to kind of push a, an nft drop or sale and and you know having to buy in at expensive prices and i really have always you know being a gamer first i've really always tried to make things as affordable as possible and as inclusive as i can 
um, you know, a, a, as much as possible. So that's always the goal uh, with, with the community and, 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 you know, bringing people on board and, and, you know, having fun with them. Yeah, I really, I really enjoyed, um, enjoy your takes and listening to you on, um, I mean, I first discovered you on BitBoy. Like I was like, oh, what is this? So, you know, and then I was like, that's a sweet mustache. And then I started, you know, I, I started listening to your takes and I'm like, okay, I can vibe with this. Joined your YouTube and was just kind of in the background watching videos here and there. And um, I just always enjoyed the way you um, uh, explain things. It just kind of made it clear and it just made it make sense. Like you understood what the whole, what everything that was going on. But um, you, you know, you've been, a, you've been a content, you're welcome. <laughs> you've been a content creator since uh, 2017. I don't know if it's sooner. And that's a while in Web3. Like you're like a tenured, like you're tenured. You know what I mean? You're <laughs> I like Web3. Tenured. <laughs> tenured, yes. That's right. So, I mean, for sure. All right. So can you share some of your experiences or like hurdles you had to um, overcome as a content creator? Maybe you have like a story or something because it's like, I mean, it, that's a long time and, and, a lot can happen in that time, you know? Yeah. It's definitely been a journey. Um, you know, I've always, I mean, yeah, I, I started creating content in early 2017. Really, I, you know, the idea came and, and the, the motivation for being a cryptocurrency content creator came in 2016 when I came back to the scene and I saw Ethereum. Because uh, I got into Bitcoin in 2013. And, you know, I was not there. There wasn't there wasn't much. There wasn't much of a community back then. I mean, it was like Bitcoin talk. And that was it. There was a message board like, you know, a BB, a BB style like a kind of message board. And um, that's it. Uh, and, and so, you know, I um, I, you know, I saw I came you know, I, I watched Bitcoin and was kind of following things along because I own some. And and then, um, you know, 2016, I kind of checked back in after this kind of huge bear market that we saw in 2014, 2015. And I saw Ethereum and I was like, whoa, this is this is interesting. This is different. And it kind of like set me back on the path of like, you know, checking out what else was going on. And so I decided that, I, you know, me, me trying to talk to my friends about this was just not working. You know, like, hey, this is really cool. Let's talk about it. No, no, I don't want to talk about it. Like, they're just like, no, that's stupid. I don't even know why you're bringing this up. Like, no one ever, like, none of my friends ever wanted to talk about it. I had no one to talk to. That's literally what it came down to is that I created this brand and I created the website that I originally, you know, put out because I didn't have anybody to talk to about Bitcoin and crypto. And I thought it was super awesome and exciting. And nobody, nobody that I knew agreed. They were just like, you're a moron. And, but I was very resolute. I was like, no, no, I'm not. I know what I'm talking about. Damn it. I felt the same way when I was using the internet early on too, in like the early nineties. And we was a whole part of that as I was kind of growing up with, with the internet. And I was very, you know, I taught myself how to code when I was 15 years old and, you know, it, it, it was a big thing, but I couldn't take advantage of it. You know, kind of seeing what, what happened that time during like the, you know, 1998 through 2001 kind of dot com bubble. You know, I, I, I was too young to kind of take advantage of it as much as possible. And it felt the same way when I really started to like understand what cryptocurrency was about. So I created my crypto stash blog and it was really just a place where I could just go write my, my thoughts down. I was, I started off as a writer. And so I was just kind of writing about what I was doing, like any cool adventures I had, anything that I kind of ended up coming across. I thought was interesting. And I, I just was like, Hey friends, if you guys want to hear about myself, I won't, I'll stop talking about it. I'll shut up. And you can just go to this blog and, and go check it out and, and see what I've been up to. But then people that were not my friends started like commenting on my articles and asking me questions and writing into me and, you know, wanting to wanted me to explain things to them. And, 
And I've always been really good at being able to explain technical stuff in a non-technical manner. And so I just kind of got more requests for that. And then eventually I started actually doing in-person classes. So I was teaching people about Bitcoin <laughs> in person, like, like, like instructor stash in a freaking suit and tie, the whole, the whole nine yards, it, it, dude, like teaching a class of like 30 to 35 people who just wanted to learn about Bitcoin. And I did that in my city here in Long Beach, California for uh, like over a year. So I was doing this blog and I was, I was, uh, you know, doing this class. And then uh, in 2017 is when I really, you know, linked up with uh, you know, some, some good people in the community that were also trying to do similar things as, as what I was doing. People like BitBoy, uh, Crypto Windio, and a couple other ones, J Chains, if you guys know uh, Crypto J Chains, and a couple other people who kind yeah, of- Yeah, you became... have a show with him on Tuesdays, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Me and J Chains do a show on, on Tuesdays uh, called the NFT Beat. And we talk about every, all the NFT news. But I met all these people really early on. And, and because there was not, even in 2017, there wasn't a massive community of like content creators and and you know this is this very small on on crypto twitter at that time so it was really hard as a content creator to like connect with people you know and to like make an impact because there just wasn't a lot of people <laughs> you know and so the the a lot of us that were doing it early on like that kind of banded together and, and became friends and created like little crazy twitter dms and you know we're trying to help support each other on this journey and so that's what we kind of did and and you know so creating content at that time was pretty difficult, you know, it was pretty difficult. And, and, you know, eventually I did make a transition into doing videos as, you know, some of my other friends were doing it as well, knowing that, that was a really great way to go. But, you know, just, I guess I just wasn't really necessarily ready for it at that time. And I kind of put it off a little bit longer than I probably should have. And, you know, so being a creator, that's one of those things, like if anybody asked me like, what, what's the advice you can give me, you know, start now and just dive in. Don't, don't, don't question yourself. Don't, don't try and, you know, uh, put it off. Don't think that you got to wait until you got something here or something there. You got this one thing, you got this next piece of technology or this hardware, just dive in and start doing it. And then just keep improving every day, you know? And that's, that's really what I, I, I've been trying to do here over the last, you know, five or six years creating content in, in crypto is really just trying to find the best way to create content for people that is A, the most informative in, in a, in a non-technical manner. And then B, you know, is entertaining. You know, people, they enjoy watching it. So it's not just like, okay, here's another instruction, instructable video and I got to watch it to learn this thing. Okay, yeah, I got the information, but really enjoy the experience and kind of connect, you know? So, um, so yeah, yeah, being a content creator, it can be hard. I think that's what I really enjoy about your content, that you make it easy to to, to dissect and you make it enjoyable. You're, you're a little sarcastic, funny. And so it's, it's and I have a sarcastic personality too. So um, actually funny story. When I sent you that message to see if you'd come on bare bones, I didn't I didn't really think you'd respond. <laughs> really? And when you did, I like had like a little bit like, OK, OK, watch out now. And then I thought I was like, maybe he's being sarcastic. And then I was like, because I'm super sarcastic. I was like, so you're saying there's a chance <laughs> like I wasn't, <laughs> I wasn't sure. And then, and then you're like, you're like, yeah, sure. And then when you said, yeah, sure. I remembered the line when she's like, yeah. And I was like, oh, no. Okay, I'm just gonna keep, and then you, and then you, or yeah, I was just like, I was like, okay, I can do this. Um, it's good. And then you said marketing. I was like, all right, good. It's all right. It's happening for real. So I'm so so excited about being here, about you being here. And um, I I wanted to ask you something about burnout. I was like, I know burnout is a real thing. Um, how do you keep yourself going? Like, you know, did this happen to you? And you know, how did you help yourself? Or 
you know, are you not at burnout yet? You know, I'm just oh my gosh, kind of curious. I need to know the answer to this question so Me badly, too. please. Me too. <laughs> <laughs> Look, bur- burnout is a real thing in anything that you you are passionate about. And, and this is something I, I was thinking about actually the day. So I, I really appreciate the the question here. You know, I was taking a walk and I was thinking about I was like, man, you know. I always see these very altruistic Twitter accounts are always like very, you know, motivational. And they're like, do what you love. You just got to be passionate about it and do what you love. And I was like, fuck, you know, I, I do what I love. But damn it, if I still don't get to a point where I'm like, fuck this, man. You know, and so uh, it, 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 burnout is true. It, it's real. And it doesn't matter whether you're in doing something that you absolutely love. I know people are like, oh, if you love it, it doesn't feel like a job. And that's true. But that doesn't mean you can't get burnt out, that you can't be overworked doing something you love. You know, I think that's something that a lot of people don't necessarily talk about. You, these motivational people and these altruistic accounts, they don't talk about that. They just want they want their tweets to look good and to get a, lot, a ton of engagement, you know. But the, the truth of the matter is, is, yeah, being someone who is, you know, in, in particular, your job is to, like, be creating content. That means you've got to always be on. You're always answering you know, uh, messages on five to six, seven, 20 different platforms, having to go and comment back on everybody's comment and try and engage, engage, engage uh, at the same time of like creating, you know, content and, and putting things out. So yeah, I mean, burnout is a real thing. And in particular for a content creator, it, it happens, very, I think a lot. And, and for me, it does, you know, I get to a point where I'm just like, damn, this week has been hard. I, I really feel like burned out, like, a, you know, but what keeps me motivated is knowing that, you know, what I'm building in the community that, that's, that's, you know, I serve, it is something that, you know, people rely on and they depend on, right. You know, knowing that, Hey, you know, if I'm not out here doing this and we're not out here having fun together, then, you know, maybe someone is, you know, that's going to affect someone's life significantly, you know, and I, and I, you know, just, just the fact that like, you know, you look at gaming as a, a kind of a therapeutic or, or, you know, great escape from the troubles we have in life. And it's like, you know, in a small way, maybe that's helpful with people to be able to, you know, come to my stream and hang out and play the same game I'm playing or play against me in a multiplayer match and, and, and forget a little bit about their, their current troubles. So, you know, yeah, I get burned out all the time. Like every week I feel like, damn it, I'm burned out. But so you what know, do you do? I mean, how do you unplug, relax? What helps you kind of like get through that? You know, do you just keep grinding or cause like, I mean, do you just shut down? I mean, that's kind of what I'm, what do you do to remedy this? Cause I know like, you know, it's going to happen, but. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, well, the thing is, is that I wish I had like the end all be all remedy for burnout. But the problem with that is, is it's different for every person, you know? So it's hard to be able to say, oh, if you're burnt out on shit, just do this. Um, you know, but I will say, you know, the things that I definitely know that help me personally is, you know, physical activity. In particular, because I am sitting in front of a desk for 10 to 12 hours every single day almost. And so getting out and like walking or just doing something that's outdoors, like getting like touching grass and getting some vitamin D like that does really help a lot. And then also like, you know, hang out with friends, you know, for someone who is, you know, always on, always streaming, always doing things that are very digitally focused where like I love hanging out with, you know, everyone across the globe and, and streaming and doing all these things. But hanging out with actual friends, you know, physical people, I think is also really important, too. Uh, and then sometimes you do just got to take a step back and reevaluate, you know. So it's like, oh, man, I'm so busy. I can't I can't stop what I'm doing. If I do, I'll lose that momentum. But a lot of times I think people don't realize they've already lost that momentum. 
and because because they're burnt out and that they just took a little bit of, of a time to kind of step back and reflect i think that, they, that people would be able to see that and understand like okay maybe i need to shift or pivot my direction here and change things up you know because there are definitely factors of content creation and, and you know hustling in general that play into you getting burnt out quicker and and faster right um and so so yeah i, I would definitely say that those are a couple of things that help for me and like i said i think it's gonna be different for everybody different for everybody but yeah taking a break like you know is not a bad thing taking a break and just like you know what i'm not going to be on social media for this entire week or at least a day you know, a lot of people are so attached to their phones and so addicted to social media that they're like always on it 24 seven, you know, try, try going three days without your phone. Literally don't, don't answer text messages. Don't answer the phone at all. I try that <laughs> shit. EJ fire me. Whatever, man. <laughs> Oh man, that that made me sound so bad. I'm sitting here all, all smiling and stuff. Man, like throws me under the bus. <laughs> I'm just messing around. He's awesome. I'm just joking. He always wants us to relax and stuff. I'm just joking. I'm just joking. And that's what I'm saying. I'll tell you right now. Any good employer will understand that. And if they don't, then you probably need to find somebody else to work with. No, he because does. If, he if, does. If, if one of my team, yeah, if one of my teammates came to me and they're like, "Hey, man, you know, we've been hustling. I've been putting in the hours. I, I just, I need some time. I just, I need a couple days, you know, or, or whatever." Like, sure, yeah, take it. You know, it's this, it's it's you know that that like, we're, we're you know, yeah, we got to hustle. Yeah, we got to keep going with what we're doing, but not at the expense of our mental health. You know, and I think that's a big thing that, that, you know, social media sucks away a lot, in particular social media. People are just always having to be on. And that's kind of what people are almost expect these days. But the, the real truth of the matter is that a lot of the, your favorite content creators probably feel the exact same way I do, but they feel trapped. Like if I don't keep doing this, then, you know, I don't make money or I, I fall out of people's favor and out of their eye. And I'll, I'll give you a real life, I'll give you a real life, uh, you know, scenario that I also felt, you know, and, and so you guys kind of, uh, you know, connect with this, you know, for a long time, I was literally the only content creator that was covering NFT gaming. Nobody else was talking about, it. there was no other people on YouTube, nobody on Twitch, nobody. And then slowly but surely over the last couple of years, you know, we've had more people pop up and see like, oh, yeah, this is cool. I want to be a part of it. Right. I want to be a part of this. I want to be a part of this. I want to be a part of this. And so we've seen great people pop up like, uh, you know, Kagi and Bryson and Spike and uh, uh, tons of others. I mean, I could keep going on of all the people who have now come into the scene. And I, I consider all of them friends, but I will tell you right now for all the hustle I put in paving the way and like laying the tracks to like see, and, and I love people being successful, but, but this, this definitely is just, you know, but to see other people get accolades ahead of me, it does. It, it like it. It takes the wind out of my sails a little bit. Like, dang man, that that just like burns me out a little bit. Like, I put all this work into it, and then I'm not content creator of the year. What? <laughs> and like I said, I'm I'm happy for my friends and people who were out there and they're hustling, making it happen too. But you know, there's times like that where that that those also you know kind of put me in a state of like, man, I that's a, that's a loss. You know, I see that as a loss, uh, and and it makes me you know kind of get to that burnout portion, like like or to that burnout feeling, like man. I've been doing all this stuff and like it, it's not paying off. But the fact of the matter is, is it actually still is, you know? And, and so that's something you always have to realize is that the hard work you're putting in, you may not see the result immediately, but if you are truly adamant about the direction you're going and you are, are resolute about that, 
then you continue down that path, it's going to pay off eventually. And that, and that success may be right around that corner of that huge loss that you just had, right? And so that's something I always have to remind myself too when I get burnt out is like, hey, you're burnt out, yeah. Maybe you're not feeling like things are going your way. Maybe that one thing didn't go the way you wanted or you didn't get that one sponsorship or the, you, this game totally you know, ghosted you or whatever it may be. But don't give up because that, that big success that you're looking for is just around the corner. And, and, and it has been for me many times, many times. So I'm, I'm definitely, you know, grateful and, 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 you know, feeling blessed because of that. Thanks. I really, I appreciate that um, answer so much um, because I too, I, I've been, you know, in the past couple of years, I've been kind of grinding and stuff and um, just kind of wanting to see what the um, tenured web three content creators are, you know, doing to help, you know, remedy that. So I, I appreciate the advice and, um, your experience and stuff. If you had some advice to give someone entering the Web3 space, I'm going to like just have one more question after this. What was, what do you think is the most important advice you could give somebody entering the Web3 space? Like out of everything, what do you think is like one really important thing that somebody that they would need to know? That's a pretty general question. Um, so I'll, I'll ask the question back. So yeah. entering, the, entering the Web3 space because of a specific reason or just yeah, okay, yeah, that's like fair. someone who's um, never been exposed to it, maybe, they're like, I saw this, now I want to be in here because X. Hmm, that, okay, so maybe for a specific reason for maybe content creation, like maybe they're coming into the Web3 space, they want to be a content creator. Like what? Because uh, I, I mean, I don't know what other way to ask <laughs> that question, but what what what's small piece of advice would you offer them? Yeah, well, yeah, I mean, you're right. So there's, there's people that are going to come in for different reasons, right? Some people are going to be are going to come in because they're you know they're really interested by the financial side. You know, they're, maybe they're looking to make money, or maybe they just saw about crypto and they they want to tr be a trader, or they love DeFi, the concept of it. You know, so so the advice would be different to that person or maybe they're really into art and NFTs and they saw that side of it and they're like, man, yeah, I really want to do NFTs, yeah. you know, or, or maybe they're a gamer, you know, which is obviously what I focus on. And they just they, they love the thought of being able to own their own assets and trade them outside of a game. So there's definitely different motivation motivations for why people want to come into Web3 because Web3 is like this giant umbrella for our industry. Right. And it kind of encompasses like everything that's going on in crypto. and so everyone has a different motivation for coming in as a content creator. I mean, it, it's, it's, you know, just like any other industry that you want to create content for, you know, the main thing is you need to immerse yourself really in what's going on and, and find a, a community that you can resonate with, right? Find the people who that you resonate with. And this is something, you know, is, is a good question too, because this is something I was talking with my team about the other day. You know, I was like, look, man, look guys, I'm not a spring chicken. I'm not this young ass cat that's out here, like 18 years old, grinding NFTs, you know, you know, and 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 making videos for people uh, in in that kind of category. Uh, because what it comes down to is, you know, people that watch content, they want to, they want to, uh, you know, they want to connect with the person they're watching. They want to have things in common with the person they're watching, right? They they want to resonate with that person, and you know, a lot of times that is an age thing, right? So like, you know, is someone who is 45 years old and, and loves NFTs and crypto, are, are they more apt to watch an 18 year old making videos about crypto or are they more apt to watch someone around their age? Because that person, 
you know, is a going to get their jokes or get their memes or get their personality or the things they've gone through. Cause they grew up in the same kind of era in the same generation. And they understand that. So, you know, when it, when it comes to that type of thing, I mean, that's something you have to take in consideration being a content creator, you know, who are you going to connect to Who's your target market? Who are you trying to reach with your content and why, you know, what value are you really bringing and why do you want to bring value to them? You know, I think that's the biggest thing. If you're, if you're coming into web three, and you want to be a content creator, those are the questions you need to ask. Who, who am I creating content for? Why am I going to create this content? And how is it going to help them? Why, you know, that, and that, that, the how is probably one of the biggest things because, you know, if you don't know how this is going to help them in any kind of way, then most likely people are not going to watch that content, you know? So that's the first step, I think, is, is really finding what that is and then going out there and looking for that, you know, who, who, what communities have that? Or, or how can I start my own community that, that, you know, can attract that, that, that kind of demographic of those people, you know? Uh, and that's not the easiest thing to do, but, but the thing that is easy and great about web three is that we're very community focused. And so there's tons of great communities out there, a lot of crossover, <laughs> a lot of crossover, but that doesn't mean that you can't find that community that, uh, that you vibe with and, and, you know, start creating content for them, you know? So I would say that, yeah, as a content creator, that would be my, my biggest piece of advice. If you're coming into okay. Web3 and you want to start creating content is really understand who you're creating content for and, and create content for them. You know, don't try and be a, a, a you know, a catch all. Right. And what I mean by that is like someone who's, you know, like I want everyone to watch me. I don't, every demographic, every age range. I mean, do I have every age range watching my channel? Of course I do. Of course I do. You know, if you look at my YouTube demographics, the biggest chunk of people who watch my videos are people who are 25 to 35. And then next is 18 to 24. And then after that is 35 to 45. And then, you know, but, and then I still get people who are much younger. Like, uh, I think we got uh, Drew and, and Ryder hanging out in chat here uh, listening. You know, we got, I, they're, they're a great father son combo. And, you know, Drew's his son, his young son. Uh, and, you know, they, they watch the videos too and hang out, play games and stuff together too. So, you know, th it's not to say that you can appeal to everybody. But just understand what your audience is really looking for and how you can, you know, kind of help them along their, on their journey and how you can bring them along on the journey that you want to be, uh, you know, kind of presenting to, you know. So it, it, it is, but, but it, it very does, much does come down to, to creating this community and why people want to be there and how you can go about it, uh, you know, and, and how they, they are going to connect with you, with, with your content. Wow, thank you. Um... So before I kind of, op well, first I wanted to make sure it's okay um, if we, there's a lot of people I know in the crowd. If somebody in the crowd has a question, would you be okay with answering some questions, Dash? Bring it on. Awesome. Bring it on. So if anybody has questions, um, you're more than welcome to raise your hand and we'll bring you up and Stash will answer your question. Um, is there any, oh, EJ has a question. Hey, Stash, how are you doing? Good, man. Good. Hey, hey. Uh, so, yeah, I, I've looked into what you've been doing, and it's awesome. So I just want to say thank you for coming on here. And uh, I, I think I resonated a lot with the, the burnout, you know, making sure you don't get burnt out and, uh, you know, having that time away from that screen time. You know, sometimes you have to step away. So I really think mm -hmm. that is very important and I'm, I'm so thank you for highlighting that for others who may be struggling i do have one question i know you're in the you're in the bitcoin world how do you feel about uh the ordinals that are going on right now the bitcoin ordinals and the nfts that are 
the inscribed NFTs that are yeah. on blocks. How do you feel about that? That's a good question. You know, me and Jay Chains talked about that on the NFT beat last week when, you know, when ordinal stuff was really starting to pop off. Um, okay, first things first, you know, yeah, ordinals is popping off. Funny enough, you know, there was technology before this uh, through stacks where you could essentially, you know, port NFTs over and, and, and it just didn't, it didn't blow up like this, which is kind of crazy. Uh, but I think the way the ordinals kind of went about it uh, was a little bit different. You know, my opinion on it is that I think it's interesting. I know a lot of people are very much against it. You know, you've got a Bitcoin maxes out there, just they absolutely hate it. And then you have other people who are just like totally loving it. What I do think about it is it is all, it is one of those hype things, right? It's, 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 it's a, 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 I wouldn't say a passing trend, but it's like, you know, the industry always needs something in particular with NFTs, always needs something to hype on. We got to have something to hype on, right? And this was like a really good thing to attach to because there's lots of controversy surrounding it, right? So, which then elevates it in people's feeds and you get to see more and more of it, which means people who want to flip NFTs or ordinals are going to do better you know, buying and selling these things. And so it, it just, it, it furthers that hype. Uh, so I think there's a lot of hype around it. I don't, I mean, I, I, I okay. So, you know, the, my argument against the maxis that absolutely hate it and, and against J chains who didn't, who, who did also was not a big fan of it. Well, I'll just say that uh, was that, you know, Bitcoin was designed from the, the beginning to be dynamic and to change over time. And we've already seen that with the fact that when it was originally concepted, and designed, it was designed to be a cash to peer to peer cash system. So it was something like a, an actual currency that you spent and has definitely gone away from that. You know, it's become more of a store of value versus a daily spender. And so, you know, where you see something that started out as one thing or, or, or as intended to be one thing, it has transformed over time. And if Bitcoin couldn't transform over time, we'd be screwed. We would be screwed. Uh, and so I think that it's interesting to see that we can do more with Bitcoin and, and uh, you know, add more functionality to it. I think that there are limitations, obviously, with, with, with Bitcoin, what you can do with some of this stuff, you know, when it comes to moving beyond just like, oh, there's a cool link to an NFT here on, on this chain. Uh, that, that is probably a lot farther, you know, out. Like we're not, you know, we're not going to be seeing like full on-chain you know, Bitcoin enabled games and things like that. It's just, it just doesn't have the properties for that. But I do think it's interesting. I, I, I do. I, I have, I'll tell you right now, I haven't like, you know, minted any ordinals. I haven't bought and sold any ordinals. Um, I, I'm not necessarily that interested in it, but I do think it's an interesting, you, you know, use of technology is what we'll say. Yeah. I don't think, uh, it's, I don't think it's going to be big. I don't think it's going to like overtake Ethereum or other NFT platforms. I think it's, I, I do feel like it's a bit of a fad. I think it will eventually die out. I don't think ordinals are going to be this huge thing that just always goes on. I do think it a little bit silly if people are like burning things like board apes and then putting them on Bitcoin. Like, I just don't see, you know, like that's just, uh, you know, something you're going to do to, to, to just make, you know, headlines and, and not really, uh, you know, useful. Not, not, not a good long-term strategy in my opinion. So I don't know. Um, Cosmos Joe, got your hand up. Yeah, I've got a question for for Stash. Um, I I started doing content like a year ago, and I was curious to see your your journey when you felt like you were kind of coming into your own and you got your rhythm and your your systems in place to be able to produce better content. About how long or about how many videos do you feel needed to be under your belt before you had like a body of work to learn from and then 
take it to the next level. I feel like it's taken me a really long time. Just curious what your what your experience was like. Yeah, that's a good question. Uh, what what do you what you, know, his, you said it's taken you you feel like it's taken you a long time. What's a long time to you? Um, I've been doing this for a year and I've got about 130 videos and I feel like the last 30 were 10 times better than my first 30. And I'm starting to figure out, Oh, here are some shortcuts I can take. Here's how I can make things more interesting with less effort than I was putting in before. Always focusing on really who's going to watch the video rather than, you know, strictly worrying about the video itself, if that makes sense. And I feel like feel like I'm kind of getting out of the beginner phase after about a year. And now I could focus on like being more organized, being more efficient and, you know, taking more of the, um, the audience perspective when I can to improve the quality of the, of the content. Yeah. Well, let me, let me, uh, burst your bubble a little bit here. That never stops. You, there's literally not a point where you're going to be like, Oh, I, I got it all now. I figured it all out. I, I don't have to never, I, I'm not, I'll never have to improve again. Like I'm constantly trying to improve my game, improve my content, improve my workflow, be more efficient, improve my team's, you know, workflow as well. So it, it's not something that you really ever get to a point where like, all right, I got it. I'm done. I'm done. Let's go. Uh, and that's kind of, that's what I mean about content creation being this, this, you know, constant game. You know, you, you, you've been doing it for a year. I mean, I've been doing this shit for six plus years, six years or so. And I still don't feel like I've gotten to a point where like, damn, I'm so good at this. Damn, I'm amazing. Like, I, st- I still feel like there's so much more work to be done. So and, and it's different for everybody. You know, it's different for everybody. I think some people, you know, kind of find their stride faster than others. Um, you know, I, I was not full time content creation. I don't know if you're doing this full time or trying to do it full time. I have a complete other business that I run on the side as well, which is a web development company. And so my time does get split between multiple efforts. And so that definitely stifled my trajectory for doing content in crypto for many years. And so only I would say in the last two or three years, maybe have I got to a point where I can really effectively manage both things and put most of my time towards doing content creation and being in the the gaming space. But uh, yeah, I don't know that there is like a, a benchmark you know, like, oh, as soon as you hit 100 videos, I mean, but that's always how it's going to be. I, you know, you, you think like, oh, the first 100 videos you did were, were not even close to as good as the last 30 you did. When you get to 500, you'll think the same way. And then when you, when you get to 1,000, you'll think the same way. Like, dang, man, you know, the, the last 20 or 30 videos I did were so much better than the last, you know, 950 I did. And that's how it should be. And that's how it should be. And if you, if you can't see that and look back like that, every, you know, kind of benchmark, then, then, you know, you probably weren't spending enough time trying to really improve because that, that's what, because, you know, we're in an ever changing, it's, it, it's an ever changing landscape in particular when it comes to web three, right? Things change so fast here. The, the dynamic is changing so quickly that you always have to kind of be changing with it. And so if you get complacent with one way of doing something or, or one type of content or one type of thing, someone else is going to see that there's that gap and they're going to fill it. And then, then, then you're, 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 uh, you know, you've lost maybe some of your audience and that's happened to me for sure. You know, there was a time where like, I really wasn't focusing on things the way I should have been. And that's when we saw the people kind of come up and, 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 you know, grab some of my market share, we'll say. Right. Uh, so I think that that's something you always have to take in, take in consideration is always improving, always looking for ways to, to, you know, better your craft. And that doesn't really stop. So even here, you know, with quite a few years underneath my belt, I feel like, you know, I'm still a beginner. I'm still trying to learn, uh, you know, some of these things that, uh, you know, people who have been creating content, whether it be Web3 or not, 
you know, ha- have really gotten down. And, and we, you know, being a Web3 content creator, we're, we got an uphill battle, guys. It's, it's a massive uphill battle. It's not like, you know, just jumping into some of these other very well-established content creation fields like fitness or tech or, you know, gaming. You know, those people, yeah, there's more people in it, so there's more competition, but there's also way more demand. And we just don't, there's just not as much demand for Web3 content, right? There's not as much demand for people talking about NFTs or about the financial side or about the gaming side, you know, because of the sentiment out there. A lot of people still just don't get it or they don't like it or they think it's a scam. I mean, even to this day, people are like, Bitcoin's a scam. NFTs are a scam. There's a guy that's been trolling me on Twitter and just like, NFTs are a complete scam. Every, and, I, and he goes, I, these people with these high dollar NFTs, they're scamming everybody. And I'm like, what if the NFT is for free? Oh, it doesn't matter. It's still a scam. And I'm like, but it's it's free. How could they scam you? Oh, well, you know, snake oil, snake oil. <laughs> and so the, we, that that's our uphill battle. You know, that's 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 what we're fighting against every single day. You don't really see that in a lot of different other industries, not in the same way. So so, you know, just keep grinding, man, and, and keep, uh, you know, iterating over your process and trying to evaluate what you did right, what you did wrong and then improve next time. And you'll be, yeah. you'll be good. I appreciate that. Yeah, it's kind of where my head is at now. The more I become aware of the process and like focus even on like some of the data that YouTube gives me, I realize how much more work there is that I just wasn't aware of in the beginning. So your answer is kind of in line with what I'm learning slowly myself. So I appreciate it. Yeah, no worries, man. Keep keep going. You know, and on and Joe Joe creates some awesome content and very informative. He's he is an IRL like a teacher, so he's naturally good at teaching. And but he's teaching about the cosmos ecosystem, and we're not popping like Ethereum and you know some of the other ecosystems. So you know, don't be so hard on yourself, Joe. You you, you pick the hard ecosystem, you know, <laughs> to create content yeah. with. Um, but I see Chris has got his hand up, and uh, hi Chris, how are you? Hey, what's up, Benz? Uh, I understand letting Joe go first is probably because I'm from New Jersey. It's all good. But... <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 no. Listen, I lived in Jersey for a while, so my bad. I should have I should have known. <laughs> no, but um, hey, how you doing, Stash? Um, forget my ignorance. I really didn't know too much about your content creation until Benz messaged you. And then I, I, I first watched one of your videos when you did a review on uh, Boldor. And you, you got some good content. I like the way you roll. But um. I'm not a content creator. I'm more of a, I, I came into crypto from gaming and I wanted to get into web three gaming and that kind of tweaked my interest for crypto. And then I kind of fell into crypto and NFTs. But um, what do you think is the next big step for web three gaming to get more people not to think of it as a scam and to get more traction, to get more people looking at web three gaming as an actual thing? Cause as of right now, I, I really don't see the majority of people making wallets, you know, using a, a centralized exchange, getting stuff over and, and, and trying to mess around with it right now, you know? Yeah. Well, I think the first hurdle is a language hurdle. We really just need to look at what language we're using when we talk about a lot of these things. You know, it doesn't need to be called a wallet. It doesn't need to be called an NFT. It could be called a skin or a digital collectible because that's essentially, you know, it, because th- this is just technology. Right. When you look at what NFTs are and, and you know, what blockchain is, it's just another technology stack. Right. You know, people use all kinds of technology stacks to make games. You know, no one says, hey, have you have you checked out the latest Unreal 5 engine game? No, no one ever says that. Like, no, the, the, you know, it's just it's just a tool that somebody uses. No one cares. 
Like it's just a good, it's just a good game. No one, no one's like, I'm an Unreal Engine five game content creator. It doesn't make sense, right? Uh, and then the same thing when you talk about like these other hurdles, right? They are hurdles. It, it doesn't need to be called a wallet. It doesn't need to be attached in that kind of way. There are good ways to onboard people into games and not have them jump through a ton of hoops. It's just that you know we're, this industry is you know still maturing, and we're still finding the best way to do that uh, for a mainstream audience. And some people, some games have found really great ways to do it, and others haven't. You know, uh, the onboarding should be just like any other game. You, you got to, you know, you're creating an account. Boom, that's it. And that account just has a wallet already attached to it. Like you don't have to create a wallet and do all these crazy things. It's just that technology can work in the background without it being visible. And there are games that do this pretty well. So you look at like uh, Blanco's Block Party; they do that really well. Uh, Dead Drop does it really well. You know. Uh, the sandbox also does it really well, even though theirs is a little bit more complicated, but still like there, there's definitely examples out there of games that do it well. Uh, and you know, we'll get there. I think we'll get there, but that's one of the biggest steps I think is because, you know, a gamers see this as uh, more hurdles. Right. And we don't want that, you know, it's, we need the, the easiest, the, the, the most velocity for onboarding or the easiest velocity for onboarding that we can get. And like EV.io is a great example of that. You can start playing their games. It's a browser-based game, so obviously now it's accessible to pretty much everybody. You have no excuse. It's not computer-bound. You can do it on a mobile, whatever. You go to their website. You cl- it's one click to start playing that game. Literally one click. That's it. You don't have to do anything. If you want to like get on the NFT side, then yes, you can create an account and you can attach a wallet to it. And then that does you know create more headaches. But at, at some point in the future, those things will all just be built in. So when you create an account, the wallet's created for you. You know, you, there's no big long string numbers that you gotta, you know, go. It's just, it's just easy tools to do this. We just, we're just not there yet, I think, and that's one of the big hurdles, right? So, so is that onboarding process? The other one, when it comes to gaming in particular, is the narrative, right? So, mainstream game, gaming has already had, already has the narrative of NFTs are bad, they're a scam, and if you, if you like them or you're involved with them, you're also a moron. But that's exactly how they felt about mobile games, and that's exactly how they felt about subscription models. And it's exactly how they felt, you know, and like it goes on and on. And that's exactly how they felt about free to play. It, it, it just, it's a, it's a repeating pattern. And until, and, and because a lot of those systems were kind of clunky and they're, and, and were, you know, uh, abrasive when they first were launched, you know, when you're come from an era where it's like, no, you just went to the store and you bought the video game cartridge for 50 bucks, but then now you want to play world of Warcraft and they're like, nah, bro, you got to pay 15 bucks a month. What? No, fuck that. That's, that's, that's crazy. You know, you know, when people push back on stuff like that, I mean, it, it was it was huge. So I think we're seeing the same thing with NFTs right now. And, you know, as we see more and more games being developed, we will definitely see, you know, more people coming on board and understanding that NFT technology is just a better way to keep track of what we already like in games, which are skins and collectibles from that game. You know, so like right now, if you play Fortnite, You've, you've been playing for the past four years, we'll say, or three years, and you've built up this crazy awesome collection of cool skins that are limited, right? You got it from this one event or when they, ha- they went on sale really early on, and now you can't, you can't get them anymore, right? Because why? Because there's no marketplace to trade them and buy them and sell them, right? So you can't get any of those things. And then once you bought them, you can't do anything with them. You can't trade your account. You can't buy your account or sell your account. Uh, so, you know, but what NFT technology can help unlock those things and do it in a way that is easy for the game to track and to keep tra- and to and to verify that they are a authentic and b rare, and those are things that gamers love. 
authenticity and and you know guaranteed rareness right and then being able to hopefully then recoup some of that money back from those those assets which i've dropped thousands of dollars in games and like just hey it's there and okay i'm done with this game now and all right well i don't know what i do with it now you know i want i want to go back to those days when you could go to old gamestop and like hey man i you know i, I bought this game you know six months ago I, I beat it i'm done with it i want to sell it back and they're like yeah okay original retail sixty dollars okay we'll give you five bucks and you're like sold but like it was something <laughs> you know so i think that that's the, the biggest hurdle is the fact that you know it's already got a bad name in the greater gaming space because they just don't understand it they don't really understand how it, 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 it could be helpful because what they've seen is a bunch of cash grabby bullshit because we also have that in this industry too because it's so young right so people get duped and then they're like, oh, man, yeah, look at all these people scanning with NFTs. There's so many scams. That means every NFT is a scam. And I mean, that's just that's just really weak, logical argument right there. Right. You know, if like one NFT is a scam, that means all of them are. Right. And I think people who just want to be surface level and not do any kind of, you know, actual research into something that that's an easy narrative for them to adopt. And now they don't have to uh, allocate any kind of brain or thought to it. No brain power, no brain space to it. Just like, oh, everybody else says it's a scam. So. And then I like this gamer guy. He says it's a sketch. So it's, you know, so that's kind of where we're at right now with NFTs. And, and I think that is slowly changing. I think we'll see games in particular games like Dead Drop that are changing that game, man. Uh, so definitely look out for some of those the up and coming ones. Shrapnel's another one that I think is going to do a good job with that, where they understand that the onboarding needs to be fluid and you, you need to make sure that these systems are just the same systems we were already using, but just improved. And that's literally all NFTs are going to be doing for for gaming. That's really all they do. Yeah, that's a great way to put it. I feel like we're like right on the cusp too, because everybody's already paying for subscriptions. I mean, I've been paying for subscriptions playing games since like EverQuest. Yeah. So it's like it's just like where are you putting your liquidity or or your money or where you're putting your value of time. Um. So stash, I we're coming close on that hour. Um. I did get a message from somebody. They had a quick question. I just wanted there. He said, if you had seen any projects, and this is from Cosmos Bassist, um, have you seen any project that believed would have potential, but then rugged the community? Have I seen any project? Oh, yeah. Like, I have mean, you been involved? I guess I, I think he's like, have you been involved in a project that you thought was really had potential, but then it like rugged the whole community? I have. Yeah. I, you know, even, even me, even the great stash has fallen victim and, and you know it, it it's one of those things and it's something that i understand it's it's you know because basically what you're doing here is is especially for these early you know projects you're investing in a startup company so if, if you remove the web3 element and the nft element from it and you just say well what am i doing if i'm giving money to this this company that is just starting out and they say that this is what they're going to do and then eventually they don't do that i mean you're essentially investing in a startup company and people who invest in startups lose money all the time it's a gamble it really is. It's like, hey, I think this might work. Oh shit, no! I put I put a thousand bucks in, and you know they just they didn't work out. The company is folding up, and I I lost my money, or I'm not getting anything back. So I mean, it, it's not like it's you know just relegated to what we're seeing here in NFTs and Web three. But yes, I have been a part of those things. Uh, the one of the most recent ones I will say is a, a, a game called um, it, it was a game on Wax. I don't know if you guys are are familiar with Wax, but uh, it was called Hoddle God, and it was actually a really cool. Um, medieval style battle royale game. And I love the medieval theme. And I was like, I love battle royale. And they actually had a game. The, the game was, was up and running. They, you know, people were playing it. I played it on stream a bunch of times. 
And the company that was behind it, like essentially they, you know, were getting very popular and then they try to start another project and another project. And then they essentially just fold it up completely because they couldn't maintain all the stuff. And so everyone that owned all these NFTs and everything that they had sold was just kind of like, all right, that's it. Nothing. You know, you can, you know, these chests are not going to be, be able to be openable anymore. You could try, you know, like there's nothing you could do. So I, you're just sitting there with, with NFTs that, that have no value. And I can literally go back and look at my, my wallets uh, across multiple chains and see projects that have failed over the course of the last five years. And so, you know, it, it's, it's a risk we take for sure. When we're, when we're investing in a startup company, trying to do something in a very emerging market. Uh, and it sucks. It definitely sucks, man. So, you know, but what I do try and do is I try and steer people away from things that are very obviously a scam, right? So there's things where it's like, man, th these guys are doing great or, or this looks really great. You know, is it a scam? Well, I mean, fuck, at this point, it's really hard to tell sometimes. But, try, but I definitely do my due diligence and at least try and tell people like, hey, I think this is interesting, but you need to go take a look at this and, and not take my word for it. You know, I don't create content. So people can go blindly follow what I said and then go buy a bunch of shit and be like, Stash, you, you were playing this game and you said it was fun. So I went and spent $10,000 on it. And it's your fault that I lost all my money. I'm like, man, I, you know, that's not really what I do. I'm not over here trying to give people investment advice. But, uh, you know, I do try and steer people clear of things I do see that are obvious scams. Like that's a, I, I don't want anything to do with that, you know, because it's a very obvious scam. Uh, but there is, there, are, there have been many times where I have, you know, invested or done content on something that didn't work out. And that sucks. It sucks for me and for my community. Uh, Cause I, I typically in, like, also hold in the back. I know a lot of people and a lot of content creators who, and I know this, I'm not gonna call out people's names, but like will pump a project and then dump whatever they got from that project on their followers heads, uh, you know, so they can make maximum profit. And then that project ends up folding up and it's like, well, you know, they got their bag, I guess. But uh, I, I tend to hold on to things a little bit too long to my own detriment a lot of times. So, so yeah, I got a lot of abandoned assets out there. Well, that's cool. Um, it's, it, so you're not a flipper or maybe a little bit. I don't know. Um, no, EJ, I'm really not. No, uh, not. You know, that's not like, that's not my game. You know, I'm not about like flipping NFTs. I don't go out there and like, you know, watch the markets and like, oh, I'm gonna buy this now and then flip this later. I, I, I just, I don't care. That, that to me is not a big thing. Like, and there's a lot of people out there that want to do that. That's cool. I don't have any problem with people who flip NFTs, but it just, I, it's just boring as shit. That's so fucking boring. Like, what, what do you do? Oh, I flip NFTs. Like, man, all right. You're fucking, you know, it's like it, it, someone says, well, what do you do? Oh, I started trade stocks. Like, that's all you do all day long is you're just trying to, like, you know, get these little percentage wins. And, like, I get it. Great. You're making money. It's just I don't want to I don't want that life. Like, that's not a life I want to just be beholden to that all the time. I'd rather just play video games and have fun and, you know, uh, do, do other things that are interesting and creative. But some people like that stuff. So, I mean, to each his own, you know. True, true, true. Um, EJ, you had a question. We're about to wrap up. I didn't want to hold stash for too too much longer. I think he might be rugging. <laughs> You're rugging this question. All right. Okay, so but I do have it here. He was like to know if he could send you um EJ wanted to know if he could send you a message regarding the ordinals. Yeah, I mean jump in my Discord, man. Jump in my Discord. If you got I mean that's like the best way to contact me. Like I get a bunch of spammy ass messages on Twitter. So I try and get back to people who message me there, but Discord is, is usually the best way to, you know, jump in my Discord group and, and uh, hang out there, you know, ask questions. Perfect. Thank Especially you. Thank you. NFTs, you know, in gaming, that's, that's, you know, not only me, but we have a great community to kind of talk about that stuff with. So. 
Awesome. Well, this has been an awesome chat. Before I shut down, Saberstein, do you have a last question or anything you would like to say? No, actually, I'm so happy. Uh, Chris Bushido asked um, basically what I was thinking, right? Which is, um, you know, uh, crypto gaming versus, you know, what we know as normal gaming. Um, I really enjoyed the answer to that question. It really um, helped put it in perspective for me. So I appreciate that. Thank you. And for anybody listening, if you want, um, we have um, a bunch of tweets from CryptoSash up in the nest. You can also click on them, go to his page, and the link for his Discord is in there. So if you're interested in joining, go right ahead. Thank you guys so much. Fantastic. Well, I guess I'll wrap up the show. Thank you, Stash, for joining us. I hope everybody has a wonderful rest of their week. Um, Stash, did you want to say anything before I shut it down? No, just thanks for everyone that's hanging out here. And we would love to, you know, if you guys are gamers or you love NFTs, you know, definitely jump in the Discord. Like they said, the link is in my Twitter profile. Uh, but also go to YouTube and check out the content there. If you guys have never seen any of the stuff we do, would love to have you on the next live stream. We have a lot of fun. So where is your, um, before I shut it down, where is your NFT on? Is it on Wax? What, what blockchain is it? I've created NFTs across multiple platforms, but the NFT game that we do every Thursday is on the Wax blockchain. And there's very specific reasons for that because the Wax blockchain has functionalities that Ethereum just doesn't have. And I don't know if they ever will. Like, they just don't have those functions there. Like Wax is very well built for NFTs and in a lot of different ways. But yeah, so so the Wax blockchain is where that's at. So you do need to have a Wax wallet to, to play and, and to have those NFTs. But it's pretty easy to get. Pretty easy to get. Fantastic. Well, thank you so much for being on the show. I hope uh, we'll shut it down. Everyone have a wonderful week. Bye. Thanks, everybody. Bye. Thank you. Bye. Thank you so much, everyone. And thank you, Stash. Thanks for checking out another episode of The Ether. That was the bare bones of Web3 midweek special featuring Crypto Stash. Brought to you by the Space Skellies. Hosted by B-Bands. Recorded on Wednesday, February 22nd. 2023. For TerraSpaces.org, I'm Finn. Thanks for listening. And if you want to keep listening, head on over to TerraSpaces.org slash donate and show some support now. They say rapping is the gateway, bringing home great pay, checking that replay, sing along and we say nobody gives a fuck around my way. I make about three bucks for every thousand plays, so add it up and do the math on that. Financially speaking, why the fuck would anybody want to rap it in? reality the money comes from doing shows but then where's the money go when you can't do the shows i guess you could rap on cameo i've been asking all my friends if i can rap on the patio six feet motherfucker step the fuck back doing a little magic pulling rabbits out the rucksack not everybody's always in it for the money looking like another crooked sunday and i'm working monday so you know i ain't stressing left debating great methods amazed to play inception the base stay blessed see even with these huge sums of overall royalties huge sums of money that to the record label per playback can seem insultingly small. small. Many rights holders are making around three quarters of a cent each time he listens to one of their tracks, leaving only some portion of that for the actual artist. They can say they're making pennies, pennies, pennies per play until they can figure out.
out how to turn a profit, their future will always be in question. But for now, investors see enough potential to continue. Another day, another lesson. Living in the eighth dimension might be worth a little mention. Living in the Great Depression, got a real regal feel. Reeling in another sucker fish, out to make a deal just to make a motherfucker wish. Ah shit, now you only got two left. You know what I wish? We didn't have any loose ends. You know what I miss? Listening to excuses. Now we're on the fence, like we forgot how to choose. That's what happens when people don't know what's true in the dark, eating bullshit up like a mushroom in the lunchroom, just trying to laugh it off. Meanwhile, foaming at the mouth like a rabid dog, like a fake mate and call at the zoo. It's looking like the view is getting disappointing too. I'm working on the new shit, trying to produce it. It's what I'm willing to go through when I'm making my music. Spaces.